TakeOver starting to take shape as number one contenders are confirmed for three NXT championships. Hello and welcome to the LOP Radio NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer aka Imp and we are live here on YouTube and also in podcast form. Link to the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net. And I'm really happy I got through the intro because there's a moustache hair sticking into my upper lip. <laughs> it makes for amazing. <laughs> it's so... Oh dear. It makes for an uh, amazing start to this show. I just sit there going, oh my god, this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> Dealt with it. Dealt with it. Anyway, I'm going to get straight into it because it's been a really long day for me. <laughs> so I'm just into the NXT review, we're going to blast through it. We've got three number one contenders announced for tonight and a super complicated idea from Fandango which we saw part one of tonight. And NXT TakeOver will be taking place next weekend. I can't remember if it's Saturday or Sunday. I'm in G1 mode. I'm currently covering the G1 with Sir Sam. Uh, the column's due to go up tomorrow. Knackered myself finishing that and getting the Photoshop done it. I've done the Photoshop for that. <laughs> so, well, well done to me. All right, I finally got it done. Knackering day today. Anyway, <laughs> that aside. The first one was the Battle Royal to determine the number one contender for Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship. Just jump right into it. Start with that one. Uh, also, uh, hit me up if you are excited for uh, NXT TakeOver. Hit me up on Twitter at the damn Implicat. I'll check out the comments here on the YouTube and on the Wrestling Headlines post itself on the site. And, uh, but yeah, because... For me, NXT TakeOver has kind of come out of nowhere. And if, as soon as I saw it, I was like... I said this last week with uh, James Boyd from One Nation Radio, where I was like, as soon as I saw that date, I was just like, what are they competing against? Because <laughs> it came so out of nowhere, just so sudden. And me, my immediate thought was, well, they there must be a wrestling thing or something on. There must be something. And I couldn't think of anything. Uh, it's just out of nowhere this pay-per-view is happening. There doesn't seem to be a massive reason for it. Other than maybe they are changing a title sand. Hmm. I can't really think of a massive reason <laughs> why. Like, in case of point as well, like two members of Retribution were massively featured in the marketing for the uh, Battle Royal for this week. And then obviously me and Mercedes Martinez are now on the main roster. Uh, according to Vessel Votes, spared of truly awful names. Didn't save three of them. <laughs> Listen to my rant on the Raw review. <laughs> this is already up. Like, oh, yeah, my God. So there were, so those two competitors were taken out. And I said last week that Mercedes Martinez like, was my top pick. Like, now called up to Raw as part of attribution, suddenly there's only one host pick left in Raquel Gonzalez. So I was thinking, well, if not her, then who? And uh, the hosts were controlling the match, as we saw. I realised I was like, I was on a tangent and then accidentally went on topic. I don't think that's ever happened to me before. <laughs> I accidentally go on off. I go on a tangent from a tangent, but that tangent is back to what I was meant to be talking about. Uh, um, am I becoming professional? <laughs> What's happening? Uh, and uh, also before the match started, we saw Candice Relay attacking Tegan Knox backstage, taking her former friend out of the match as she's clutching her knee and, and a medical person walks up to her and goes, what's wrong? And she shouts, my knee! <laughs> my knee! Ow, my knee! <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you couldn't figure out what was wrong with her before that, <laughs> it's like, are you really a medical professional? <laughs> but, but that's another contender taken out of the match. And we, are d and we were down to our... Just, it was a re it's an interesting one, because as soon as the match started, I was like, well, I don't know who's going to win now. Because my 
Top pick was Mercedes Martinez. Don't think it's going to be Ripley. Maybe it'd be Raquel Gonzalez, because I was thinking Irshavai versus a bigger opponent would be something her title reign could do quite well with. Just like a variety in like the size of people she's up against. Just to, just to give us a slightly different type of dance. Uh, and if it was meant to be Mercedes Martinez, and then she got called up as part of a just awfully bad debut <laughs> for a group. All time bad, I think I'll call it that. Like, Retribution will forever be... It really sucks as the people within it. Like, this is the NXT review, just talking about the potential of all of those in that group, because it is like it is meant to be disgruntled former NXT stars. But it's immediately memed, and it's a, it is right off the bat an all-time bad group where it's just jokes. Before I'd even woken up and started it, it was immediately just full-on gags, <laughs> as in... And this a mountain to climb. <laughs> Which sucks for all the people involved. Because again, Mercedes Martinez was my number one pick for this match. To like go up against the NXT champion and have a banger of a match. Really uh, put a foot on the NXT women's scene. I felt like she was building really, really nicely. But that's dead now. So now, so who is it going to be? Uh, so I was sticking with Kel Gonzalez when I was watching the match. Because I was going with the big Hoss idea. As it, I, I latched onto it and I didn't let go. That idea of Io Shirai, just a variety of opponent, just so that she, if you don't get her versus a smaller wrestler all the time, I liked the idea of her versus a bigger person, be it Mercedes Martinez or Raquel Gonzalez, uh, but too early for Ripley. The match itself, Ray Ripley was dominant as the clear favourite, uh, getting the final entrance and the first elimination. Uh, Gonzalez with the second. Then Ripley again, tossing out a third poor lass. Then a fourth. Then the fifth goes to Gonzalez. Like, my idea for Io facing that large opponent looked to be written all over this match. Like, Ripley and Gonzalez behind every single elimination. Uh, Catanzaro with a... Catanzaro then got a showcase with her amazing elimination survivals. Uh, getting pushed to the outside by landing on her back with her feet in the air. She then spun around at the... then used the apron to handstand into locking her feet into the ropes and pretty much did a sit-up back in. She just sat up herself back in. <laughs> just, well done. This wasn't her first thing. Like After the break, we came back to see Casey clutching onto the guardrail. <laughs> like she's, she's still having adventures tonight. <laughs> like she climbs up using the plexiglass, shimmies across to jump onto the steel steps where there's someone waiting for her who just boots her back off. <laughs> like as I goes back, flying to the guardrail, clutches it again. And she climbs back up. I didn't catch who it was who booted her off. She climbs back up, shimmies back across... Uh, Carter offers a hand from the apron, her tag team partner, who gets eliminated for her troubles, but then carries Casey across on her shoulders to give the, someone in the team a chance. And this is when we got the Hossers clashing in the middle. It's like, oh yes, here we go. This could be like a burst out moment, then they get attacked and beaten down, and it kind of dies down a bit, and then we'll get them properly going at it later. Nope, this was their big clash. Uh, Gonzalez uh, and Ripley going at each other, and... They eliminate each other. Because <laughs> go at each other so strongly and violently that take each other out. Gonzalez and Ripley dominated this match. And suddenly, both the favourites are gone. Like, well, that's my prediction out. <laughs> it wasn't quite my... WWE in like royals in the past. This isn't, this isn't main roster. But they've had a habit of someone gets their big moment, then they get eliminated. And for me, the worst of Rumbles, the worst of Royales do that. Where, where essentially everybody gets T-dogged. <laughs> so, T-dog for The Walking Dead. Yeah, the 
episode he got any character or story, like any reason to really care about him, was the episode that he died. <laughs> so, uh, using the T-Dog rule, the amount of pe- uh, royals I've watched where like, the person would get in their big spot and be, be, be made to look like a big deal, then gets immediately eliminated. I really do not like that formula. If you're building somebody up, don't then immediately eliminate them because then the match just turns into thing ha- things happening and you don't get any momentum behind anybody because whoever builds up momentum gets eliminated. So what are we really, <laughs> what are we really building to? Uh, but this match, I did like the idea of the two big hosses just dominating so strongly and then eliminating each other. Uh, it was something different. It wasn't quite the same. Because they were so dominant, and suddenly, as soon as they're gone, the field is wide open and anybody can win. And it's like, yeah, I really like that dynamic. It's completely opened the match up, and suddenly I'm thinking they're going, well, who the hell's going to win it now? <laughs> I've got no idea. Uh, uh, and it was Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae working together, and they finally eliminated Casey Catanzaro, uh, who not long before had survived again, see so a swang around the rim post and subsequent, subsequently eliminated Indy Hartwell with, I want to say, a head scissors. And Kai and LeRae were teaming up, but it goes awry with uh, Dakota launched over and out by Shotzi Blackheart. Suddenly, we're down to our final two, Blackheart versus LeRae, both women brawling on the apron, opposite sides of the ring post, laying into each other. Shotzi pulls Candice into a turnbuckle, who then collapses to the steps. Blackheart goes to follow up, but gets monkey flipped off to the ground. Candice LeRae wins the Battle Royal, and will now face Io Shirai at TakeOver. Uh, Johnny joins her as they both celebrate in each having title matches next weekend. Because that was announced on social media. Talk about a takeover that's come out of nowhere isn't building, isn't generating super... Not, it's not attempting a lot of hype, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, North American Championship match announced on Twitter. And now, like, with one week out, we get the other two biggest matches on the card. It's like, you know, like, it's like what is, why is this, why is this show happening? <laughs> it's, uh, like, the only thing I can think of is it's like Payback. Payback existed one week after SummerSlam purely so they could get the title on Roman Reigns. That was the only reason for that show existing. And I think Jekyll described it as, like, this Tuesday in Texas. I think that's what it was called. <laughs> but when that, that show existed for just the main event. It existed for one reason. So I'm thinking with this takeover, is it s- something similar? Are we going... Is, does this show purely exist because they want to do a title change? Or they want something to happen. Or, or there was a, there's a character that's being hyped up to debut at the show. A former NXT champion. A former two-time NXT champion. Which really limits the field. <laughs> if you're talking about... <laughs> like, it's probably... My top pick might be Samoa Joe. Because it's not Shinsuke Nakamura. I don't know if it'll be Sami Zayn. Samoa Joe. Uh, there were reports of Samoa Joe possibly being unhappy. Don't know if they were ever confirmed, but this adds credence to it. If it's a former two-time NXT champion, not a lot of those about. Is it Samoa Joe? Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah, my overall point being that this takeover's come out of nowhere. So I'm looking at the card thinking, why does this show exist? And my my biggest thought is something has been decided, something is set to happen, and they are they've made this show exist so that can happen. Whatever it is. So, I guess wild prediction. Those 
V, VT, v, I can't say it, vignettes. Is gonna, I call them VTRs, it's a Japanese thing. The vin, So those vignettes are for Samoa Joe, and Kyle O'Reilly does win for spoilers for later, and that's the big thing that happens, is Finn Balor goes back to the main roster after this year on NXT, because we're coming up to it. I think October 8th, was it the first week of October that everything kick-started with the Wednesday night stuff? Or was that the second week of October? I can't remember. They're building it up on AW, <laughs> but I've not watched AW this week. <laughs> so not my... Oh, it's all New Japan at the front of my mind. I can't remember AW. So when yeah, when would I have watched AW today? <laughs> Straight from the G1 into NXT. <laughs> I've had no time. Uh, but yeah, so Candice LeVay, I don't think this pay-per-view exists for Candice LeVay. So that's my, fi- my next point, is looking at the title matches, which one is it? It's not the North American Championship, that's... Oh, well, for me, Johnny Gargano versus Damien Priest at least has something to it. There's a like little hint that that could be the next match, and then it was confirmed to be so. Not in the most exciting way, but it made sense. They'd hinted at it. Then, with the women's match here, it's going to be a decent match. I don't think this was plan A, but it's decent. You're going you're to get a good match out of these two. And at least it is like, a match we've seen like way... I can't remember when their singles... Was it a year ago? Maybe over a year ago? where Candice LeRae faced Io Shirai on a takeover in a normal singles match with nothing on the line. And now they're doing it for the championship in a big match, having climbed the card. I like it when that happens, where you have them clash earlier in their NXT careers or wrestling careers, and then later on. Like Keith Lee as Dajakovic as well. Was that true? Have I made... no, no, they were wrestling on NXT television, so it's not quite the same. Uh, but it's elevated. A lot of things have changed. Uh, it's an interesting dynamic. Personally, wouldn't be surprised if it was meant to be Mercedes Martinez. Suddenly she's not there because she was being built up incredibly well. And then suddenly she's not there, so now what do you do? You at least put on a match which would kind of make sense. And then and you know it's going to be good because you know they've got awesome chemistry. It's going to give us a really good match. Uh, so, yeah. Will she win? No, Candice Ray isn't winning. <laughs> but the match is likely to be very, very good. Uh, and we've seen them with a incredibly strong like middle of the card affair, but them in a, essentially what is a main event, really getting to show it, like giving them fifteen twenty minutes. I'm excited. I'm really looking forward to what they do there. A, a really, really good match, and I've been digging the Candice Ray evil pixie character. I I don't know if I'm one of the few, but I like the Gargano household stuff. It's for me, it's just quirky enough where it's not OTT. And it's one of the things where if you look at it as every line they're saying is directly to camera, it's all fake. Uh, but like they know what everything they say, even though it may look like they're being family things, they, they're doing it all directly to us uh, through our television sets in a way. Yeah. Uh, WWE does that sometimes, like the invisible camera, does it exist or not? And I feel like this is an, like a step up of it, definitely. Like those two characters know. I'm thinking about it too much. <laughs> it's a, it's a, that's the big thing with the visible cameras. Is there a camera crew right there or not? And it changes from like scene to scene. Like it's, whether it's convenient for the bit or not. Like the, whether the camera crew is invisible or not. And that's one of the things I've liked about AW is if there's a camera there, they're either directly addressing it or at least give like a nod or a look or something to let you know that they are aware the camera's there. There's never. There's never an instance where the camera is totally invisible. Like, they, the people there always know that the camera exists in that world. I like that. 
Uh, and that's again, you get that if you don't know that, then you get what I just talked about here, where I confused myself with nothing. <laughs> uh, but talking about Gargano, uh, after that match, we got an interview with Damien Priest, who uh, was asked on his reaction by Sarah Schreiber, who's there for some reason. Watching, wait, am I getting my blondes confused? <laughs> uh, there. The, the interviewers in WWE aren't characters. They aren't really anybody. So it's, they, I, it is easy to get confused with who is who. Uh, like, cause they, they, they have the same character. Their character is the writer who writes the lines for the question. Like, that's it. Uh, but he is, Damien Priest, the North American champion, is asked on his reaction to facing Gargano at TakeOver. He says it's huge getting to face Johnny Gargano. But as long as he's champion... The title will continue to slide through his fingers. And tonight is going to continue Austin Theory's bad luck when he beats him. He said it more eloquently than that, but that'll do for now. Uh, Fandango Holmes. I'm going to go through in order. I was going to talk about the different things. Actually, this leads to the te- uh, tag team title match. Actually, I will do that. I'll, do, I'll address the tag team titles now. Then I'll jump to the uh, North American proper and then the men's well, main event. And I'll just fill in what I've missed. But the tag team title scene. So Fandango Holmes, <laughs> he was backstage with his board, making notes on it, figuring something out. Uh, and he's helping out the other tag competitors. Uh, Regal arrives to put a stop to the ridiculousness. But like a good boss, he hears Fandango out. Uh, Dango's idea is to take one lad from each of the four teams to make two unique tags Whoever wins this tag match tonight will face each other next week in a number one contenders match. And William Regal, after initially telling him to stop the British accent. <laughs> well, I like the idea where William Regal says, I thought we said to st- stop with the British accents. <laughs> and it's just the fact that, that that means he's been doing it before. <laughs> it? Earlier in the days, we'd just been doing the British accent. It's about and William Regal's gone, no. <laughs> this become, that means there's precedent to him doing it in this little world. Uh, but they and they play that off as a bit of a like a fandango cooped up crazy idea, which is just a little bit weird. Uh, but William Eagles going ahead with it anyway. Uh, they play that off like that on commentary as well. Uh, but when the match came about, obviously it's perfectly understandable. The winners face each other in the NXT Tag Team Championship Number One Contender match. It's not that difficult a concept. But the teams were undisputed eras: Roderick Strong, Birch and Lawkins, Birch. Uh, Eitner from Imperium and Raul Mendoza of Legado de Fantasma, forgot the name for a second. A uh, tad of a different approach to determining a next challenger. A decently fun tag with quick bursts of energy. Uh, Roddy Strong held his own against the odds. Uh, with Birch knocked to the ringside, he found himself having to fight off both Eitner and Mendoza. Both who fared well, but they never really gelled together as a team fully. Uh, in the end, that wasn't an issue for the other team, however, with Strong fighting back and wearing them down. Uh, when he was becoming fatigued, Birch tagged in, dropped his opponent down with a corner-draped DDT, like a reverse Tower of London. I mean, it's just corner-draped DDT. Uh, strong doing all the hard work. Uh, Danny tagging in and finishing off the job. Uh, the era man obviously didn't take well to that, knocking away the handshake but, uh, before pissing off up the ramp. But we've got a match set up for next week. Decently fun. Honestly, this was one of the matches I cared the least about whilst watching the show. Uh, but uh, it was fine. <laughs> but that sets up the tag scene. So we can get through that. Let's jump all the way to the uh, Austin Theory versus Damian Priest match. Because that's about the North American Championship. Which I'm a lot more interested in than the tag scene. The 
so in his match, Damien Priest was facing Austin Theory, the confident champion versus the cocky prick. Uh, Priest essentially showing off like a crossbody from on high before locking in a wrist lock, as you do. <laughs> These moments of showmanship allowed Theory in, whose own ego landed him in ringside danger in the form of a razor's edge onto the apron. Oof. <laughs> Back in the ring for the reckoning for the win. Austin had his moments, uh, but once again, once again gets caught after chatting crap. Uh, after the match, Re P Priest poses with his title. The lights go down, and uh, he does a massive pose, continuing with just uh, this oozing confidence. Like I look at this character and go, they've put together a character which surely Vince will absolutely love and drool all over him to get called up. But as we're seeing, it does not matter what your character is in NXT, Vince will come up with something completely new or different for you on the main roster. So even though this character just looks like money for the main roster, you know what, again, retribution on the latest, just, hmm, there's a very strong chance that nothing you do will matter because you'll get called up into a crappy stable. Uh, but after the match, Priest doing his pose, he lifts the title up high as Gargano superkicks from the shadows. Uh, the champion down from out of nowhere. Johnny Mimes aiming a bow and arrow down at the Archer of Infamy as uh, me from Nottingham. Yes, the world of Robin Hood. <laughs> I love this uh, bow and arrow play. <laughs> I'm all here for it. And it's, uh, yeah, it's building up nicely. I say building up nicely. It was like hints of it one week. And I, I think it was because last week, Johnny's shots of the North American Championship were a lot more natural and subtle. Where he was just... Like watching, he's talking about his. He's talking about get buying a new television and being fortunate that he doesn't have to watch these North American Championship losers in HD. He's watching on his laptop instead. So he's calling himself looking for that. Yeah, I. I yeah, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because last week was subtle. This week, when it got officially confirmed and it like watching the show itself, I got a bit more excited for it. And then how they did it here as well with Damien Priest confident and uh, winning ways too, only for Gargano to jump in and kind of make a statement. There's like, he's a pillar of NXT. So he's a big deal facing him. And I like Damien Priest acknowledging that, even though like super confident Damien Priest acknowledges, acknowledges that Johnny Gargano, like he, it's a big deal getting to face him. And Gargano, but Gargano's kind of looking down on the North American Championship scene. So yeah, I, I like I like the way it's playing out. You've got one more week, so you haven't, you haven't really got a lot of time really to add it like normally with the takeover you'd have a lot more time to build to this but with the time they've had they've done it relatively nicely enough but what really helped was one week where it was a lot more subtle it wasn't blatantly announced and then this week it is with Johnny Gargano just waiting in the shadows just for like every segment because <laughs> it happened again later where, where Io Shirai was getting interviewed and uh, like she was saying she never liked it's like Candice when she gets interrupted quickly by Candice and she's there with Johnny. <laughs> he's like, obviously, like he's just waiting in the wings at all times. And then they start shouting words when Damien Priest walks in from the outside with his own gestures. So, like, well, guess we better call Teddy Long. We've got a tag match player. So, yeah. Anyway, let's jump to the main event. Kyle O'Reilly. Like, yes, it's a, quite a big deal. Kyle O'Reilly, a non-Adam Cole undisputed era member, is number one contender. And... As I said earlier, looking at the card, trying to figure out why the hell does this show exist? Because <laughs> that's like, like, I don't know if I think about it too much. 
But my entire basis for thinking, well, why do I think Kyle O'Reilly actually stands a really strong chance? It's because I'm just questioning, why the hell does this show exist? <laughs> what is the point of it? And immediately I'm thinking, well, is this actually going to be Finn Balor's, like, is he, does he surprisingly actually just leave and jump back to the main roster like he's done a year? Now it's somebody else's turn to be a keystone within NXT for a year and like kind of refresh their character before they jump back up. I don't know. I don't mind the concept because at the end of the day, NXTs are developmental and there were loads of people who did that in its early days. So why not bring that trope back as another idea? I did a really hard K there after I did that out. But doing a, like, uh, I guess to boost the ratings, you have a main event, you have a main roster guy kind of come in and you switch that per, that slot out every year. Because a year is more than enough time to develop them. Maybe. And Finn Balor was never meant to be champion because he's meant to be carrying cross, but do you do this something new? Is this a substitute for the cross angle where you bring somebody you bring this guy down from the main roster? I don't know, think about it too much. But why does this show exist? Suddenly we're thinking, Finn Balor could legit lose here. Or if Finn Balor wins. Because you're not gonna do Finn Balor Samoa Joe like again in NXT, I feel like it's a bit stupid. But if Kyle O'Reilly were to win I'll elaborate on stupid. Because <laughs> uh, that's not good podcasting, just to say, no, that's stupid and move on. I Because that was one of the feuds from back in the day. And the words that the, the guy is saying in the VTR of, like, uh, the champion, like, uh, I'm a two-time champion and, and, like, back in my day, it was right, good, but now it's what a crap. <laughs> Don't know why I did that in an accent. <laughs> but that is essentially what they're saying. And with Finn Balor as champion, that line doesn't really work or make sense, really, for me. But if it was a newer guy, and it's someone else that had become champion, then it might work. So, maybe Kyle Riley wins and gets destroyed by this new person. Uh, or, you do it Finn Balor style, where it's just somewhere else on the card that this person runs in and attacks them. It could be Johnny Gargano again. <laughs> the poor lad. Uh, that's why, because I'm predicting Samoa Joe. This is to think, who else is it going to be that's a two-time champion? And it's not a long list. Because it's not going to be Pac. <laughs> is he a two-time champion? Can't remember. But, yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's an interesting one. It's one way I'm questioning why does it exist. But I'm excited for Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly. And I'm really excited to see Kyle O'Reilly get pushed. Because it's something that has been floated about by fans. Of well, what if the Undisputed Era... Like, the other guys got pushed because they are fantastic wrestlers. Like, not forgetting before Kyle O'Reilly signed to NXT. Like, in that final kind of spurt, that final run, he did become Ring of Honor champion. So, like, he's had big singles runs and he did a good job as well. And so he can elevate to that level. And for me, that adds another layer to the Undisputed Era where it's not just Adam Cole. Like, they are all really good. And you don't often see that in factions. Normally, when one wins the championship, that means the stable's days are numbered, i.e. evolution. Or that member's time in that stable is numbered, i.e. evolution. <laughs> or they completely split up, as uh, WWE love to do. NXT, not so much. Triple H seems a lot more fond of stables compared to Triple H, uh, compared to Vince McMahon, where it's, oh, if we must, and then just breaks them up as quickly as possible. <laughs> but the... Uh, the idea for me of Kyle O'Reilly winning is pure, like, in in truth, when I look at it, I look at the momentum of both guys, I'm just thinking, why did, oh, Kyle O'Reilly's not winning. But then why the hell does this show exist <laughs> if I say none of the challenges are winning? <laughs> why does this show exist? Why does TakeOver happen? And it's, sure, surely, either the debuting guy is meant to be a really big deal, and that's why the show exists, 
or you're taking the title off of Finn Balor. And this show was created after the Karrion Cross kind of debacle and like, well, what do we do now? And off the back of that, you get this takeover happening and you do the big shift off of like those four pillars. You do that big shift here. Who knows? Anyway, I'll go through the match as it was the gauntlet eliminator to decide the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida versus Bronson Reed versus Timothy Thatcher versus Cameron Grabs. I'll get to him when I get to him. Uh, two men in the ring for the gauntlet elimination, eliminator rules, just quickly. Uh, two men in the ring every four minutes. A new lad, I don't have to do the fingers every time. <laughs> um, uh, if every four minutes, a new lad comes down. Eliminations via pinfall or submission. Last man remaining becomes number one contender for Finn Balor's NXT Championship next week at TakeOver. And Kyle Riley and Kushida started us off with no entrances. Just get on with it. We've overran something somewhere. Four minutes of technical loveliness. I've, I've whittled that down quite a bit. Uh, the Japanese star wearing down the arm, creating a tasty weak point for later. Uh, the two lads forearming each other in the face as the seconds count down. And Bronson Reed's music hits, both realising, ah crap, that's a big lad there. Uh, having to work together to take Reed down, but both focused on working each other as soon as he was. Allowing the Aussie back in, rinse and repeat to the next entrant. Reed dominates, they work together, work on each other. Reed gets back in, dominates, they work together, etc, etc, etc. Only repeated like once or twice. Uh, strong gets not, not down from the top, no he doesn't, it wasn't strong, it was Kyle O'Reilly. Wrong and disputed here, remember. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly gets knocked down from the top as the ref checks on him. Velveteen Dream runs in and turns Kushida round with a Dream Valley driver. Revenge for last week. Focus back on the ring. Reed splashes down from the top with the tsunami, and the former IWGP junior ace is out of here. Uh, I'm fine with that because it's a story for Kushida, and I'm all for pushing Kushida and giving him more reasons to show that aggressive style. Uh, it's, it's nice to see him finally featured, and even though he seemed to kind of wallow and kind of fall down the card initially, I don't know if that was him kind of getting settled and then just a Keith Lee thing. Well, Keith Lee wasn't used for quite some time, and then, bam! <laughs> it was just, he was a big name that was being pushed pretty heavily. And now look at him. Uh, Timothy Thatcher comes on down just in time for the ad break. Cameron Grimes, yee-haws, is way down as the final entrant when we return. Uh, that man, it's become such a boy. <laughs> uh, in, in the greatest W, he's in my boy stable. I love Cameron Grimes. Like, surprisingly... Thatcher's the one thriving the least in this environment. Like, Reed able to drive people down with force. In, like, uh, the occasion I'll use is O'Reilly uh, with a, I think it was like Simone drop driver thing. And Grimes was jumping in uh, after those type of moves, trying to feed on scraps. Uh, O'Reilly was able to suddenly snap into something. Like, it was almost as if Timothy's methodical style didn't exactly feed on the chaos, especially when there were this many men. Uh, the four lads trying to weigh each other down, and Reed got eliminated after Thatcher rolled out of a tsunami, out of the tsunami zone, and the big lad crashed on down. And O'Reilly himself crashed on down with a knee from the top. Uh, the Undisputed Era man on fire as he then exchanged with Thatcher. The technician finally able to get in. Now there's one fewer competitor. Like four was too much, but three. Like if the other guy's down, then Thatcher could thrive. Grimes was like the capitalising fly to swat away. 
that is Thatcher and Kyle have a delightful wrestle. The Southern Man got caught every turn, especially by O'Reilly, who was fighting fighting him off whilst also trying to do the same to Thatcher, which led to then stiff exchanges between those two. A slap knocking the sweat off of O'Reilly's face. But like always in this match, Thatcher was unable to follow up and O'Reilly rolled him up for the three. Uh, then we're down to our final two. With Grimes immediately in with a double stomp and scoring a close fall. But he doesn't realise O'Reilly kicked out and he jumps about all excited like, I won, I won before entering pure disbelief, which like just gave O'Reilly all the time in the world to recover. <laughs> like A great back and forth followed. Both men worn down trying to land that final blow. But in the end, Grimes goes for another double stomp, misses and gets rolled into a knee bar on the tweaked knee. I can't remember if he did that earlier or if he was just doing the double stomp he did it. He then immediately taps, flailing both arms. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly is your new number one contender. Like Cameron Grimes just immediately just like tap, tap. It wasn't like a tap, tap, tap. It's like, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I just like just the level of it, just immediately going crazy. And uh, Kyle O'Reilly's number one contender. Uh, Adam Cole and I think it was Roderick Strong celebrate with him in the ring. No Bobby Fish. Is that an indicator of something? Uh, before Balor walks out and stares down the ramp to go off air with a little smile. I thought that was a decent way to wrap that up. It was yeah, so yeah, it's a it was a fun match, it was a fun main event, and it led to me a match which I am now interested in seeing in Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly. And I don't know if I'm treating it as a like should I be get putting my bucket but my bucket behind what am I, what am I gonna put it behind? That's not a saying. <laughs> I've made that up. <laughs> but Put my bucket behind O'Reilly. What does that even? <laughs> Why? What, I don't what does that even mean? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm really. I'm gonna go to bed and try and figure out what that means. <laughs> put your. Don't put your bucket behind the person you think's gonna win. <laughs> well, I don't even know what I'd be saying for. Point being, I am expecting. I'm not expecting, but I'm thinking in my head. Kind of Ali could legit win. Purely because, like, why on earth does this show exist? Is it to then move the title off of Bella? Is it to debut this new person? Is it something else entirely? Or does it just exist just because they thought, why not Why not try monthly pay-per-views? Try monthly takeovers. Because this takeover doesn't have a subtitle. It's just LXT TakeOver. So unless they've come up with the idea of, like, B pay-per-views. So in between your takeovers with official names, they can do just flat-out NXT TakeOver just in between every single month maybe i'm i'm scratching at things <laughs> just i really don't know uh it's it surely exists for a reason yeah. anyway i'm gonna now go through the card i'll take a quick sip of water oh gulp it's nice of me to spill half of it <laughs> that was good of me uh, anyway i'm gonna quickly go through the matches that i've not talked about I think it's only two, so this is going to be really quick just to make sure I've covered everything that was on the show. Because those championships were the main thing I really wanted to talk about, and I've pretty much addressed all of my notes on those. So quickly, uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Jake Atlas. Uh, Atlas stepping up against one of the pillars of NXT, a brawl of a match from the start, with Atlas direct with his action, taking things to ringside and attempting to drive Ciampa into the middle frame, attempting to exact revenge. But such anger can be easy to counter when you're the level of Tommaso. Uh, Atlas held his own back in the ring, like surprisingly scoring a lot of offence. 
Like, he even almost had his opponent's number. But for Champa, all it took was one counter and a Widow's Peak draped DDT. Uh, only covered for the one, however. Uh, Champa instead taking time to berate Atlas before lifting him up for a modified fairy tale ending, this time scoring the three. Uh, like, Jake Atlas got in a lot of offense, but once Champa hit like two moves in a row, he was done. And he knew it, and he then just sent a message by hitting that fairy tale ending. I think he said he lifted it. He lifted him, and they kind of twisted him in the in the air. So yeah. Uh, after that, that's not really. It was a little build for heel to Master Champa, and it gave Jay Catless a little bit of a spotlight before he then got destroyed. But Jay Catless is a name for the future that they're doing relatively well to kind of build. Yeah. After that, speaking of building people, after this, we've got Ridge Holland. He's from Yorkshire. He's got a promo package because he's wrestling tonight. Uh, yeah. Uh, we also got a promo package for Swerve versus Escobar. Uh, continuing to build that Cruiserweight Championship feud. And uh, then we went straight into Ridge Holland versus... Didn't catch the name, so I've written Jobby McJobface. Uh, Holland suplexes the poor lad before going brutal with headbutts in the corner. Ending things quick with the Northern Grit driving the lad down from on high. It looked a lot like... Uh, I was going to say Michinoku Driver, but it seemed that it was a lot more slam-like. <laughs> Less of a driver, more of a slam. Surely it's got a proper name. I just cannot think of it, so I called it what they called it. Uh, and that, that's, that was everything. <laughs> it really wasn't much else on the show. As again, it was a lot of building up number one contenders and deciding matches for TakeOver. Because it's come out of nowhere and it's happening pretty soon. So they're going to continue just to build to that. Uh, the only match we got a next announced for next week. Normally they announce a couple or a few, but it was just one this time. Uh, and I'm assuming we'll get the tag match between in the North America Championship scene uh, and the Women's Championship scene. I'm assuming we'll get those two together in something next week. But what's properly been announced is uh, following an interaction in the Battle Royal, Shotzi Blackheart will face Dakota Kai. Uh, that's it. And of course, we'll get other things building to take over. It's a go-home show next week. And we've, like, we've just had the card confirmed. Feels really weird for NXT to blast through it that quickly. Especially get like my parting words. <laughs> really. Like to sum up what I'm feeling after this show. My parting words is NXT Takeover. Why does it exist? <laughs> like just why? What does it done? What's it going to do, sorry? To does like make its existence have a meaning? And why has it come out of nowhere? And my immediate jump is because they've made a booking decision. And they're paybacking it. <laughs> so the reason for this show existing will, hap will happen on the show. Whatever it be. Whether it be Finn Balor losing to Kyle O'Reilly. Whether it be the debut guy making a name for himself. Maybe it could be Candice Ray winning. I doubt it. But it could be that. I doubt it'll be any of the other matches. <laughs> they don't exactly jump out to me. But yeah. But yeah, I'm relatively excited for uh, NXT. It'll still be a, a good show. The wrestling will still be top notch. It's just like, why does it exist? I don't really know why it exists. And uh, I could get excited for it more than that, but because NXT normally does a really good job of getting me really amped, whilst I'm main rostering this, where I was like, yeah, I'm going, yeah, even though there's not much of a build or the story's not amazing, at least the wrestling will be great. So oh, that's what I say for the main roster. <laughs> that's what I say for them, when the story and the build's not been very good or been extremely lacking, and then you look at the people in the match itself, and you're like, well, at least the match will be good, as long as the booking doesn't get in the way, the match will be good. At least with NXT, I don't have that worry. I don't look at it and think, oh, 
maybe they're as long as they don't muck it up it'll be great it's like no i'm expecting the show to be great the most takeovers are really top notch and then uh like the booking decisions normally fit with that as well it's that building longer term really really helps and you really get invested in the characters but why does this takeover exist guess we'll find out uh, you can hit me up in the comments hit me up on twitter at the damn implicat you can hit me up on uh, wrestlingheadlines.net in the comments section I, my column with Sir Sam on the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax Week 1 will be up tomorrow. It might even not be up before I wake up because uh, 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 Sir Sam will be posting it and he operates on Australian time. So whenever whenever he gets done on that, <laughs> I will be back on... I will not be, There will not be an Aftershock for NXT TakeOver. That's next week though, so it doesn't matter. I get a weekend off. Aside from New Japan. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'll be back on Tuesday then. Oh, it's nice to have a gap. After the after that that the the back to back to back of I think it was like Takeover SummerSlam Payback All Out, <laughs> just like I got so used to staying up super duper late. It comes out by the accent. I am being English and I operate on English time. And yeah, staying up back to back to back weekends and normally it takes me a week to recover. I didn't get that for a month, <laughs> so it felt really weird not to do something last weekend. And also the weekend before uh, New Japan started. Uh, but, oh, bloody Clash of Champions. That's what I'm like. <laughs> I knew there was bloody something. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> Monday Night Raw was so bad. And it hyped, it dehyped me for Clash of Champions so much that I legitimately forgot it existed. <laughs> uh, hopefully SmackDown does a better job than that. I don't have a D1 Climax to wake up for on Saturday. So I could watch SmackDown to at least... Uh, so, it li- so I at least know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I will be live after... The pay-per-view on Sunday after Clash of Champions with Aftershock. And hopefully it's half decent. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so unhyped for it following Raw. I'll wait till after SmackDown till I actually have my like, final feelings before the show. SmackDown's got a lot of work to do. There's a lot more positivity around SmackDown. So hopefully they leave a bit of a better taste <laughs> than what Monday Night Raw did. Not going to be difficult. It was an all-time bad Raw on top of the Retribution thing. Like, highly recommend just watching like, any of the reviews people have done, be it on YouTube, be it in podcast form, be it just on Twitter. <laughs> like, It was such a fun day for me after I'd watched Raw on, uh, I think it was like Tuesday, Wednesday, like, after I'd done all of my stuff and I was just looking through what people were saying. So, it was such a fun time. <laughs> so many people were getting so elaborate with why they hated it because there were so many things to pick apart I don't think I saw I hardly saw any positivity and the only ones you did were the kind of people that you would assume was like oh but this it's the one tone kind of thing so yeah anyway uh, I'll be back on Sunday then after Aftershock Not, I'll be back for the Raw review obviously and for this next uh, NXT review next week but it, I'll be here for Clash of Champions on Sunday Please don't be bad. <laughs> Please don't be bad. I've got to get up early for New Japan on that same day. So, fingers crossed. That's it. I'll be back on Sunday. With that, I bid you adieu. Uh, and on NXT, if you normally say that is that. But it's weird with a, without a guest. Because uh, the, the humour beat doesn't quite work. So, I'll be a bit more fancy. Say with, and with that, I bid you adieu. Adios.